Well, Father, we thank you that you hear our prayer, and Lord, we thank you that you use prayer to bring us to a place of dependence upon you. God, we want to confess tonight that, Lord, without you, we really can do nothing. We'll, we'll be playing at all that you called us to, like little children. Uh, but Lord, with you, all things are possible. You are our supply. The Lord Jesus is our Savior. He's our Lord. He is our all in all. It's by him that all things, it's by him that we consist. It's in him we live and move and have our being. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. He is everything to us. Uh, Lord, I thank you that, that you were willing to see him sacrificed. I thank you that he was willing to be our sacrifice. That he was willing to be everything to and for us. Thank you for his willingness to be reckoned our sin at Calvary. And Lord, that your wrath would be satisfied. Thank you for Jesus being willing to suffer that agony and, and to be in a place where he had to cry out to you, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so that we can come to you and call you Father. Lord, we're grateful people. Uh, so with the AC out and, and fans blaring and, and uh, you know, just, just making do and get, Lord, this is nothing compared to what Christ was willing to suffer and endure that we might call you Father. Lord, help us to be a grateful people, not a bitter people. Help us to be a forgiving people, not a bitter people. Lord, help us to be a people whose hearts continue to be enlarged for the, for the lives, for the souls of our brethren. Lord, help us to be forgiving. Lord, help us to grow up and, and be a forbearing people. But above all, Lord, help us, help us to root out bitterness in our lives. Lord, again, we lift, up, we lift up the marriages at MBT and say, God, would you open the eyes of husbands and wives? Would you enlarge the hearts of husbands and wives for one another that the children would see the reality of who you are in, in dad's love for their mama and, and their mom's love and submission and adoration of the husband and Lord that they're partners together in the grace of this life that they recognize that they are co-laborers and, and stewards together in the work that you've called them to as a husband and wife uh, first in their home and then Lord uh, in this house and and then, Lord, for your glory around the world. God, open our eyes, open our understanding. Lord, help us to be able to see the truth uh, that is in your word, that your word is. And, and then, Lord, help us to live it out. Uh, Lord, strengthen us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so last Tuesday night, uh, we were following up on the Sunday before, and we were talking about how you know, husbands love the first six verses in First Peter chapter 3. It's all about wives submitting to their husbands. Or Ephesians 5 verses 22 through 24. Uh, the husbands read that and they're like, honey, uh, you know, have, have, have you read the scriptures where it says? Okay, so, you know, the husbands love that. But then, you know, you see the, the role that God has for the husband in the relationship. And you realize God's calling the man, the husband, uh, to lay down his life loving his wife. And the, if, there's, if there's dysfunctions, we talked about, you know, just what a husband is. A gardener is a husbandman. 
You know, what is a husband? He is responsible for his flower. He's responsible for this fruit-bearing vine that he calls wife. And, and just like a tomato plant, you know, you, 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 you've got a tomato, somebody, somebody gives you a tomato plant, uh, but you leave it in that little, uh, that little doohickey that it came in that's about this big, you know, it's this little tiny, you're, you're not gonna get tomatoes off that thing. Uh, it's gotta come out of the doohickey and it's gotta be put in the ground and then you gotta keep the deer off of it. Uh, we learn the hard way every year. Deer love tomato plants, those young tomato plants and they will eat, it, they will eat them up. So you have to protect that tomato plant and you have, to, you, have to, you have to nourish it, right? You have to feed it, you have to make sure it's watered. <coughs> be like, uh, you know, being bitter at your tomato plant in the little plastic doohickey that it came in. And, and uh, I know some of you, you're real hardcore and you grow your tomato plants from seed. Okay, okay, whatever, show off. Okay, so, <clears throat> you, you know, how come I don't have tomatoes? Well, it's because you're a terrible husbandman, right? Why is my wife so miserable all the time? Well, go look in the mirror and spend some time in the Word of God and before the person of God and, and see if you can get some insight into why your wife is miserable all the time. And then, and then we looked at Colossians chapter three last time. Uh, same thing from a different passage in scripture. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And then we, we saw this extra insight. Not unconditionally, there's an incredible condition here. As it is fit in the Lord, if it's not proper in the Lord, then that's not, I mean, at the end of the day, wives have to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the way the husband is leading the home, if that's fouling the relationship, if that is disrupting obedience to Christ, well, then you can't submit in that area. And then we looked at husbands. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. So we talked about how bitterness develops whenever you think someone else has wronged you. And if you don't forgive that, you don't forbear that, that will eat at you and eventually you'll start grinding an ax against that person and, and bitterness can develop and it doesn't just mess up your life. It doesn't just mess up your relationship with that person. It ruptures, right? It, it causes problems in other relationships. It fouls your relationship with God. You can't forgive, you refuse to forbear you didn't get what you thought you deserved and so now bitterness is taking root because of unaddressed anger. And in the husband and wife relationship, stereotypically what happens is the husband never gets that Ephesians 5.21 is in his Bible, that it takes two to make a thing go right. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so, and you, and you can't submit, you, submitting yourselves one to another. Here it is, in the fear of the Lord, right? It's as it is fit in the Lord. She didn't meet my expectations, so I'm betrayed. She didn't do what I wanted, so, so she's evil toward me. And instead of having a conversation and working it out, instead of, instead of submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, Instead of forgiving or forbearing, uh, you get bitter. And then we looked at it. We looked at what a root of bitterness does. It defiles many. Hebrews 12, 14 through, 20, 14 through 17. A root of bitterness springing up can trouble you, Hebrews 12, 14 says, and thereby many be defiled. And then the example that we saw was the person of Esau. How he lost 
the blessing. He's, he's to inherit a blessing, but he was rejected even though he sought it, right? He found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And so we looked at the example of Esau, and surprise, surprise, the first mention of the word bitter, the, the concept, the biblical, the biblical concept of bitter, first time it shows up is in the story of Esau, Genesis 27. He wants what he wants, the way he wants it, when he wants it. He doesn't care about what's right before the Lord. Sells his birthright for a bowl of chili. So he loses out on what he wants in life, so he hates, and then he wants to kill his little brother. And so we saw the spirit of Cain, the spirit of Antichrist in the person of Esau. But brothers and sisters, this is what we need to get, and this is what we want to drill down on a little bit tonight. The way the flesh works is, the way the flesh works, it says, I want what I want when and how I want it, right? I want what I want the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it. It's all about me. It's all about me getting what I want. Okay, so this is every relationship. I want us to be thinking specifically about the husband-wife relationship, recognizing that's how our flesh operates. I want what I want, the way I want it, how I want it. Um, And then recognizing that the husband is head of the household. How 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 do we keep a proper balance before the Lord? In Luke chapter 22, in verses 24 through 27, something interesting happens, okay? Everybody wants to serve the Lord. Everybody wants to glorify God in in, in their life. But the Bible says there was a strife among the disciples. They were now sideways with one another. And here's the issue of which of them should be accounted the greatest. When Christ is ruling in his kingdom, who's gonna be number two? Who will be the greatest of the disciples? And so now they're fighting over who is gonna be the biggest dog in Christ's kingdom. And so Jesus, listen to this, Luke 22, 25, Jesus, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. Okay, and that is true, that is the way of the the world, right? Those who are in charge, they are, they are exercising lordship on whatever level. The kings of the Gentiles had absolute power. They are absolutely in charge. That's the way of the world. But listen to how it's supposed to work for God's people. God's people in, in, in the relationships that God has placed them in. Luke twenty two twenty six. Oh, man, I hope we get this. But ye shall not be so. You may have a position of authority. You actually may be advanced over a brother or a sister. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. What do the younger do? Well, the younger serve the elder. And that's the way it was supposed to work with Jacob and Esau, right? Esau was the older, Jacob was the younger. And in the natural of order things, the the elder would serve, or the younger would serve the elder. But, but when mama tried to find out what was going on in her womb, what did she find out? The elder was gonna lose that position of lordship. Jacob was gonna get that blessing. He was gonna get that inheritance. The order is reversed. That's how it works. Don't miss that picture. That's how it works in God's kingdom. You've got the place of authority. You've got the place of, uh, 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 of headship in a relationship 
Well, you don't use that as an opportunity to lord over God's people. No, be like the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve, we talk about the principles that enable ministry here at MBT. And one of the principles is our leaders are servant leaders. Uh, we want to train up leaders who recognize servant leadership. If you're chief, be like he that doth serve. You get an opportunity to serve God's people. That's your, that's your opportunity. You have to take it. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at, at meat? Absolutely. But then Jesus gives the example of himself. He says, but I am among you as he that serveth. I'm the one. I mean, in this scenario, I'm the king. I am the, I am the elder. I mean, he's the ancient of days, okay? I am the king. I am the elder. I am the chief. And I am the one that should be served, setting at me. But I am among you as he that serveth. That's how it works. Any relationship that God places you in, if you have more authority, that is an opportunity for you to exercise more service. Is this making sense, brothers and sisters? A lot of people, I've seen this so many times over the years. Man, when I'm pastor, now we'll see how it's really gonna go. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll show them how it's really done. Once I'm large and in charge, this place is gonna run right. No, it won't, you antichrist, you little tyrant. That's not how it works. <laughs> the more authority you have, the more your responsibility to serve. It's the same thing in the pastorate, 1 Peter 5. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, Peter's saying I'm speaking from experience, and witness of the sufferings of Christ. I mean, the biggest guy ever in charge laid down his life serving all of us. Is everybody with me so far? I saw the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Here's the command to pastors. Here's the command to the people who are large and in charge in God's, in God's local churches. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint. Uh, if you want, if, you, if, if, if somebody makes you do it, that's, that's probably not right, right? But willingly, not for filthy lucre. I mean, if it's just like, man, I want that pastor paycheck. Uh, a, aim higher. Okay, B, really? <laughs> I want that paycheck, you know? I mean, I see, I, see how, I see how Copeland's rolling. Got three private jets. Man, that's, that's the, I see, I see the car that Joel Olstein drives and I see the house that he lives in. I mean, I, I, I won't get paid like that. Okay, you're in it for the wrong reason, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. You are supposed to show Jesus to the people you're pastoring. That should be evident in your life. Oh God, help the pastors, right? Pray, pray for me. I wanna, I wanna show, I wanna, model, I wanna be an example of the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for me that I would continue to grow in grace, that I wouldn't roll exercising lordship, but servant leadership. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Our leaders have to be servant leaders because that's the way it works. Any relationship that God puts his people in, the chief is to serve. The elder should roll like the younger. 
the king, right, who should set at me, ought to be the one with the towel, looking for opportunities to serve the people that he's leading in ministry. Okay, so now husbands and wives. Do husbands have authority in the marriage relationship? Man, okay, now sister, I just set you up. Okay, if you're sitting next to your man, you wanna thrill his heart? Amen, pastor, that's right. <laughs> and it'll just spark a little something. It's like, oh, my wife gets it. Oh, praise the Lord. That's a, okay, now what do I do? Okay, so I'm gonna tell him what to do. Um, so in the husband-wife relationship, husbands have authority. Don't say amen now, sister, it's too late. Husbands have authority. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 11:3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. Is that fuzzy? Sister, if you're married, who's your head? Some of you, you can't even say, it's not, a, let's pretend it's not a rhetorical question. Sister, if you're married, who's your head? Cheryl? <laughs> <laughs> and who's his head? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. Christ is his head. Man, dude. Was that Braden yelling? Dude, you just thrilled my heart, man. Thank you. No, no tyrants in the best household. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so the head of the, the, head of the woman is the man, and the head... Uh, the head uh, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. And we looked at this this last Sunday, uh, this last week. You know, the, 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 the head of the woman is the man, but, but the man wouldn't be here without the woman. Again, you're, you know, 1 Corinthians 11 is tying you back to that same principle, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Uh, women ought to roll like they're under authority, First. Corinthians 11, verse 5, verse 6. Uh, a man ought to roll like he's under authority, verse 7. But then verse 8, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so the man is, also, is the man also by the woman but all things are of God. This is why in Christ there's neither male nor female, but one new man. Uh, you couldn't get here without your mama, and guess what, brother, guess what? You couldn't be the man that God called you to be without your sisters in Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Any guy that's too big and too important to submit himself to his sister in Christ, he's just too big a deal. Is this making sense? What's happening is, is he's lost sight of his God-given authority and he's crossed over into authoritarianism. And that's a big problem. If you're in a place as a man where you have a, a position of leadership and you have to bark all the time, you will respect my authority. Um, you're a terrible leader. You don't respect my authority. Well, you're a terrible husbandman if you have to do that. Be a servant leader. That is, that is ruling from a position of weakness. If you know you have authority, why don't you actually exercise that authority the way that Christ coached you to do it? You're a king, serve. You're the elder, 
humble yourself. Serve those under your authority like you're the younger. Be a servant leader. Find a way to help everyone that you're leading. Help everyone move forward in faith. If you've got authority, exercise it the way Christ coached you. Okay, so, so, so what does all this have to do with bitterness? Okay, let me just see if I can bring it full circle. In James chapter three, grab your Bibles, turn to James chapter three. You will recognize that you are tracking the way Jesus designed you to track as a leader. If, 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 if you see, you'll see yourself in one of these two uh, camps. One of these, you're gonna roll one of these two ways in James 3, verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, out of how you live your life, his works with meekness of wisdom. Man, I don't understand my wife, she's a black box. I mean, everything I do, it's wrong, no matter what I do. I mean, pastor, I hear you, but, but nobody can understand my wife, she's cray cray, at least from a male perspective. Maybe she's right and I'm wrong, but I, I just, I don't see it, I don't know. Okay, I got, I got some counsel for you. Ask for help. God wants to help you, okay? He never wants to leave a, a husband hanging on how to lead his bride. Because Ephesians 5, that's the picture. Christ in the church. Your marriage is supposed to look like Jesus in the church. And so if your marriage doesn't work, then what your Christian marriage is saying to a lost world is a life in Christ doesn't work. Do you see the problem? That can't happen. That absolutely cannot happen. So you've got a coach in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives his word, and so you need wisdom from on high, and you're gonna get it through this book. So watch how James 3 unfolds. You, you, I, I, need to, I need to show out of a good lifestyle, out of a good conversation, my works with meekness of wisdom, verse 14. But if you have, here it is again, bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. That's not how we lead in our homes, with bitter envying and strife in our hearts. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. And that's how wicked wisdom works. You perpetrated, I get even. You do me wrong, I'm gonna treat you, I'm gonna respond in kind. This is earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. And it generates a crazy cycle. It generates a, a, a crazy cycle of dysfunction. So, so Cheryl offended me. She said something that hurt my widow feet. Okay, so now I'm wounded. Like, doesn't she know I'm her husband? Doesn't she know I'm her man? So now I'm wounded, and now I don't treat her right because I perceive that she didn't treat me right. So she's not feeling love for me. She's seeing the bitterness in my heart, the scorn, the, mis the, the way now I'm mistreating her. You know, she, she says something I don't like, and so I'm done talking to her. I want her to know that, that, that she's offended me. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, that's a trap. It's a trap. I'm not going to, okay. You know what I'm talking about. They didn't say, do, or whatever the way I wanted. Now I'm offended, and so now they get the cold shoulder. Is there, I mean, stereotypically, this is the way it's always painted. It's the wife, right? Is everything okay, honey? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Dudes do that all the time. No, everything's fine. Everything's cool. No, it's not. You're being a jerk. 
You can't just humble yourself and say, hey, you know, when you said that it, it hurt my will feelings. And I'm just stinging a little bit right now. You know? I know it's not manly. It's just where I'm at. You made me mad. And I, I need to forgive it and I need to work through it. No, 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 no. You get even because you're following earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Uh, we can't afford to have evil, an evil work, evil working in our relationships with our wives. See, authoritarian leadership is not Christ, but antichrist. It doesn't lead, it doesn't shepherd, it doesn't encourage, it doesn't serve, it forces. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you into submission, right? I'm gonna yell at you, or I'm gonna give you the cold shoulder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure you feel miserable so that you know the way you're treating me isn't appropriate because I am king, I am Lord. What do you do? You cross from authority into an authoritarian way of rolling, and that's not healthy for any relationship. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Husbands, would your wife say that about you? The way my husband thinks is pure. He's peaceable. My husband's so peaceable. He's so gentle. He's so easy to be entreated. When I got a problem, I can just share. You know, I don't even always share it the way I should. Sometimes I accuse him, and and he responds like Jesus, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. This is why in First Peter three seven we are to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. You know, husbands, God made you tough. Physically, stereotypically, you're stronger. And if you married some woman that can, that can, you know, beat you in arm wrestling, man, praise the Lord, she could probably mow the lawn or something. You know, that's great. Um, but stereotypically, he made you tough. But everybody gets wounded in the heart. It's inevitable. Any relationship that God puts you in that other person is going to hurt you. Um, you know, <clears throat> I have never struck my wife. I don't know if this is appropriate, um, but I'm just gonna tattle on her because she should have thought about it before she did it. <laughs> um, Cheryl has struck me a number of times over the years and, and uh, you know, some of the time it you know, kind of turned me on. But anyway, so I'm just, <laughs> I make this joke about how she, you know, she tried to pummel me with her tiny little ineffectual fists. You know, I remember we were, we were just married, newlywed and, uh, and uh, we were sporting. I was sporting with my wife. We were wrestling. Uh, it's a typical thing newlyweds do and, you know, in my mind it's foreplay. I'm showing my power, showing my strength and of course, you know, there's no competition. Uh, I best her in a moment, and I've got her pinned on the ground. She says, let me up right now. Like, she's demanding. I mean, I just won our little fight, and, and now she's demanding uh, I let her go, you know? And, and I'm like, that's not how this works, honey. You don't lose a fight and then, and then make demands on the terms of surrender. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. She says, no, 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 I am, she says, I'm claustrophobic. Get up right now or I'm gonna hurt you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I've got her pinned on the ground, and I'm like, I'm like, 
I've known you for seven, almost seven years. I've known you for seven years. I'm just now finding out you're claustrophobic. How convenient, said the loser, you know. <laughs> and, and you're going to hurt. You're gonna hurt me? I mean, uh, and so in a very haughty, pride-filled way, I'm like, you could never, you can't hurt me. You know, you could, boom, she headbutt me. <laughs> Just off and headbutt me. I mean, my nose, she flattened my nose. There's blood everywhere. I couldn't believe, we, I have never fought with my wife ever again. I don't fight with her. I, we don't wrestle, we don't. Uh, if, it, if it comes to physical, physical feats, of, she wins, okay? I don't, I don't need it. Why was I talking about that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know you're tougher, okay? But she'll hurt you. She will say something that will cut you to the quick in front of your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ. There'll be something that will hurt your heart, and you'll be like, no, she didn't. And you're gonna, and then how are you gonna respond? Any relationship that God gives you, there are gonna be problems that have to be worked out. Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Know her because you have a responsibility. It, does she wanna go through life pummeling your heart? She doesn't wanna do that. You didn't, marry, you didn't marry Beelzebub or Jezebel or the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, you actually wanted this woman. There was something winsome about her, okay? She, this, this isn't in her heart. Uh, husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. If you're in a relationship, you're going to have to work things out. Otherwise, no relationship can survive. The same thing is true with the brothers, you know, the brethren. Brothers have to work out differences. Brothers and sisters in the church, you have to work out differences. People are going to say things and do things that are going to hurt you. And if you don't forgive and forbear, if you don't work those things out, bitterness is going to grow in your heart and it's going to defile your relationship and everyone connected to you both. Does that make sense? Parents get sideways with each other, they divorce, and then they spend the rest of their life sowing hate and death into their children's heart. Your dad's a monster, and he, you know, that, like you want to pit the kids against your, your ex-spouse. What a, what a wicked thing to do. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. You know you're stronger. So act like it. Don't be authoritarian. Exercise the authority that God gave you the way he told you to do it. King, serve. Right? Chief, serve. Elder, be younger. Exercise servant leadership. Be like Christ to your bride. I know I'm stronger. I know I'm stronger than Cheryl. I don't have to force it. I don't have to prove it. As a result, I can lead, guide, and protect my wife. I don't have anything to prove to her. It's just like the Lord does me. Isn't Jesus stronger than me? Isn't he stronger than you? Couldn't he squash you in a moment, in an instant? The moment you get out of line, couldn't he crush you? Has he, you're here. You're still breathing because he loves you. He exercises his authority in a Christ-like way, doesn't he? Because he's Christ. Be like Jesus. It's like me and Pastor Best. I know I'm faster. I mean, I do. I know I'm faster. There's not a race that we're going to have that I'm not going to win. I know that. Okay, so what? Do I got to just spend all my time making sure that Pastor Best knows he's inferior to me? No. That's never going to be the objective because I already know 
that I'm gonna win the race, what can I do? I can give myself into his service, coaching and encouraging, <laughs> giving tips, helping him with his game, right, with his approach to the race. What can I do? I can serve him because I'm, I'm exercising my authority in a very humble, in a very humble way. Okay, that was a terrible illustration, but you get what I'm saying, right? Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. If there's dysfunction in that relationship, she's the tomato plant, you're the husbandman. I'm sorry, but I mean, there's always the exception that proves the rule, and guys, I'm not saying this in front of your wives so that your wives can just go out and be monsters. I don't think that's in her heart, okay? If the tomato plant isn't bearing fruit, husbandmen, go look in the mirror. There's a reason why she doesn't have what she needs. You have that authority. Exercise it the way Jesus coached you, amen? We went too long, it's too hot. Let me pray for you. Let me ask God's blessing over, 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 over our men. Father, Lord, we love you, and God, thank you for loving us. Thank you that you didn't squash us every time we offended you. Thank you that you didn't give us the cold shoulder. Thank you that you didn't treat us like a junior high kid treats a friend who offends. Lord, you pursued us, and you're always working out the problems. And they're, and they're with us, and, and you gently I mean, you're so peaceable. You're so pure, you're so peaceable, you're so gentle, you're so easy to be entreated. You're full of mercy and good fruits. You're without partiality, you're without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is evident in you and you just sow that into our lives. And Lord, you invite us to do the same. And so Lord, I particularly pray for my brothers, Lord, Help us to exercise authority in a way that, that is a blessing to our wives and in a way that is honoring to you, that's without hypocrisy, that recognizes how gracious and loving and merciful you've been to us. Lord, if, if the head of the wife is the husband, God, help us to never forget the Lord Jesus is our head. The head of the husband is Christ. Lord, thank you for his example in exercising his authority, he was completely submitted to you. Lord, I pray for my brothers that we might do likewise. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. You are dismissed. God bless you. This Sunday, we will have working air conditioning, so help us God and by his grace.